Welcome to another edition of Puck Talk with Spider Jack. My name is Jack Woods. With me today is Claudia Chikaman, who is currently a sports reporter slash anchor for Fox Sports in Duluth, Minnesota. Claudia, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me on. Really appreciate it. Yeah, it's in Minnesota. It's cold. It's nothing like Nashville, but it's a good time. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I got to say, Fall weather has has sort of come in and out here in uh, the good old Greencastle, Indiana. I'm looking forward to some some nice cold hockey weather. And speaking of which, uh, David Poyle, general manager for the Nashville Predators, held his Zoom availability meeting today, signifying that the Predators are likely done with free agency. Claudia, your general reaction to how the Predators have handled this offseason? Overall, I think it was good, not great, not bad. They made some moves. They cleared up some cap space, which I think is always good for any team, especially for the Predators, but they still didn't make any big moves. They didn't do anything that is really changing the narrative of the Predators to really advance them to the next level, in my opinion. I really do like the trade of getting rid of Benino, sending them to the wild. So welcome to the state of hockey. So I get him now, but I do like Luke Cunning. I think that he had a very good year this year for the Wild, and I think he can add a little bit of youth to this team for the Predators with, you know, that core who was on that Stanley Cup Finals run. Having that experience is great, but having some youth, especially with Luke, I think he can really maybe add a little bit more to the Predators, and I, I just, I like that trade. I think the Predators really did win that trade. The Wild, I don't know what they're doing. They just... They still give me question marks. I, you know, I've been here for two years and I still don't really understand what Minnesota is doing from a hockey standpoint, but I do like the trade for the Predators. I think that was a good move for them, but overall they just, they really didn't do anything that I was like, wow, this was, this was a great move for the Predators. So I don't think they're going to do anything. They did anything that's going to elevate them sadly for Preds fans to make them a cup contender this year. Well, and looking at Nick Benino, a player that has definitely surprised Nashville fans ever since he arrived, considering the fact he's been able to put up 17, 18 goals uh, when really he's projected to score like 10. So do you think that Nick Benino's presence in the lineup will affect how the Wild play? Do you think that the Wild have a better chance of advancing into the playoffs with Nick Benino or... I don't think that move really does anything for the wild. I think the wild just, they do this thing where they start a rebuild and they start, you know, trading away the players that have been there forever. And then they just get more players, more of those veterans and they don't actually fully rebuild. So they're kind of still in this place where they're not fully rebuilding. They're like, let's keep these guys who, and bring in these guys who aren't really adding anything. It's kind of like, bringing in a different version of who we just got rid of. <laughs> and that, that's kind of what I've noticed from the wild. So I don't see the wild also making any progress in the playoffs. I mean, this year, you know, I was like, they're not going to go very far. I told all my friends here, I'm like, I'm sorry, the wild aren't going to make it very far in the playoffs and they did it. So I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do next year. I mean, I think the NHL is going to be another weird season because, you know, it's, season hasn't started yet so I think next year is still going to be a little weird but I still don't think the weirdness is going to help the wild or really the predators either 
Oh, without a doubt. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say this publicly for the first time. I don't think the Predators will be competing for a cup this year, and I don't think they should be. Um, yeah. Given the fact that the way – given the trajectory that they have been on since they made their 2016-2017 cup run, I don't think that they should be competing for a cup. I think that prospects should take over. And, well, speaking of homegrown prospects, Kevin Fiala is, of course, on the wild. And you have now reunited Nick Benito, Kevin Fiala, and Ryan Hartman, a line that was successful when in Nashville when they were all three playing together. Do you think that – that line will be reunited and what can really be expected of players like Kevin Fiala and Ryan Hartman this year? I don't know if that line will be reunited from just what I've seen from the wild so far. I think they really do like Fiala on that top spot. So I think that it, they won't be reunited, but I think that Fiala definitely, I expect big things from him once again this year. I think he really needs to take over more of a, a role that, will help lead this team into a direction because he has all the talent and we saw that in the playoffs. He can make moves happen. And I think we just need to see him continue to progress and hopefully that kickstarts the younger guys and the rest of the team to maybe do some things as well. But I don't think that line will be reunited as a line together, but I think maybe having them all together again on the same team will maybe kind of help create that chemistry again. Mm -hmm. And sort of transitioning into the more general NHL news, obviously there was a, a goaltender uh, merry-go-round going on in the free agency and former New York Ranger Henrik Lundqvist ended up with uh, the Washington Capitals and Peter Laviolette. So you have had some pretty outspoken opinions about this on Twitter. Can you, uh, can you elaborate just a little bit more about why you think that that's sort of a weird move for Lundqvist? I just don't know why he has to go to the Capitals. Like that just pains me that he has to go there from just like a selfish fan perspective. Like why the Capitals? That just that hurts me inside. But also, I don't know. I don't see the Capitals making a run to the Stanley Cup finals this year. I think they're once again a very good team, but Lundqvist wants to win. He wants to win that cup. And I just I don't think the Capitals was the right spot from him, taking away my bias of not wanting to see him with Washington. But I just, I don't know if, like, the talent around him and in front of him is going to propel him enough. Because, yeah, he's old. He's not in his prime anymore, obviously. But I think the supporting cast in front of him is not strong enough to get him to what he wants and what he honestly deserves. I mean, I can't think of somebody in the NHL right now that deserves a cup more than he does. And it pains me that he couldn't get one with the Rangers. It literally... I don't want to say how bad it was when I knew that he was going to get, then we were going to buy out his contract. It pained <laughs> me so much, but you know, I just, I want him to win a cup so badly. And I, but I don't think Washington it, this year is the spot for him. And my apologies for the music. I am living in a fraternity house, so I have to deal with the fraternity house. <laughs> I live in a sorority house. You're fine. I get it. <laughs> uh, another big uh, headline that grabbed my attention this week was the Canadians and uh, Gallagher and the weird tension that they that Gallagher was going to move on from the team and then the next night they they re-sign him and it's a very good contract for him and for the team um, and the Canadians have certainly spent their money in the free agency this year so do you anticipate the Canadians will make a impact in the playoffs this year? 
Canadians are a weird team, honestly. <laughs> Canadians are Canadians are just weird. I think I think they could make make a splash. I think they could surprise some people and make a deep run. But again, I think this year is just going to be another weird year. We don't know, you know, the January 1st is the target date for the NHL to restart. We don't know how long it's going to last. We don't know if they're going to be a shutdown again. I mean, who knows if the NFL is going to last at this point? It's like, I'm shocked that the NHL and the NBA made it through the season. The MLB is almost done. So I think this year is going to be another weird year and it's going to be hard again. As I said, this with the MLB, it's going to be hard for those teams who are kind of rebuilding and trying to make a run to actually make a run this year because of the weirdness because of the shortened season. And I think what this is going to be the same thing with the NHL, it's going to be kind of the same teams who made those deep runs in the playoffs and didn't really change that that much. It's going to be them again this year. So I think these teams that are kind of rebuilding and making these additions it's good for them. It's going to help them in the long run, but I don't think this year is going to be the year just because yeah, we're getting rid of 2020, but it's still going to be a weird year next year. I, I feel like personally. Yes. And you briefly mentioned that the predators did not make any big signings. And one big signing that I was really pushing for this off season was Taylor hall, but Taylor hall ends up in Buffalo one year, eight million. Pat the stats with Jack Eichel. Do you think that Taylor Hall finds a new team at the trade deadline, or do you think he kind of sticks it out in Buffalo and becomes another top unrestricted free agent with Alex Ovechkin in twenty twenty one? I think he just sticks it out, and I think the more he can do with Buffalo with Jack Eichel, it's just going to help him out even more, and then he can cash that in big time in the off season. So I think he just sticks it out and makes the run. Who knows? Buffalo Bills being like one of the best teams, Sabres all in too. So maybe <laughs> him and Eichel can make that run where they can do something big together. Because if you have those two on a line together, that's just, that's, that's just unfair. Honestly. So <laughs> I think they just kind of, he rides it out, rides down Buffalo. I don't know why he picked Buffalo. I saw a tweet where he was like, are we sure? his manager or his agent thought he said Buffalo Sabres and not like, I want to go to Buffalo Wild Wings, <laughs> which I think is like more accurate, but apparently he wants to go to Buffalo. So I think he just rides it out and then see, see what kind of money he can get and offer he can get in the off season. Well, and I heard that most teams weren't willing to pay him more than 7.5 and Buffalo was willing to give him eight. So uh, you know, good for Buffalo. I hope that they have a great first half of the season and then trail off like they always do. So I hope that I hope that you know, hope they enjoy the first half. But um, the age-long debate, at least for me, has been who is the better basketball player, LeBron James or Michael Jordan? Now, LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers just won the NBA championship. And, of course, it throws into question, once again, who is the better player? Who is it Jordan or is it LeBron? Oh, now I'm on the spot with this one? Yes. Unfortunately, Ooh. I'm going to have to throw this at you because, you know, it, we, we got to talk. We got to talk about it, right? We do, yeah. I, I've never really picked a side in it because, honestly, basketball isn't, you know, my favorite sport. So I don't get involved in the debate with – you know, my coworkers when they start arguing about it or anything like that. But I, I echo with Michael Jordan. I know LeBron James, what he's, what he does is phenomenal. And who knows, maybe in 10 years, because he said he's going to keep playing 
probably until he dies at this point. Uh, who knows? Maybe we, we relook at it. But Michael Jordan also from, you know, obviously I wasn't alive and like watching basketball back then, but he just like was just a better all around like teammate. And it's more of just like the LeBron James show mm-hmm. to me. I watch and so that's why I feel like overall Michael Jordan is better because he's somebody where it just wasn't all about him and he's one of the best of all time and he didn't just make it about him whereas I feel like it's always just even though he's on the Lakers it's always just the LeBron show and it's just like I I would side with Michael Jordan well I would too that, that is the that is the correct answer so I'm I'm, I'm happy we're on the same page happy we're on the same Perfect. page uh Dak Prescott Obviously got hurt this past week. Uh, granted, you didn't like that very much. <laughs> um, so how do you think the Cowboys will rebound without Dak Prescott for a little bit? You know, the Cowboys are lucky. They spent the money on Andy Dalton. And I know it's like it's Andy Dalton, but they could be in a much worse position with backup quarterbacks. That The fact that you have Andy Dalton, who can prove he can win, and the Cowboys – actually have the talent around whereas the Bengals do not I am a huge Joe Burrow fan but that poor kid is just getting annihilated there (laughs) no talent really around him no offensive line I'm surprised he hasn't gotten injured at this point I don't want that because I love him he's great I'm a Gamecock so I loved watching him beat Clemson in the national championship it was great I'm a huge I will forever be a Joe Burrow fan for that but I think the Cowboys are in a good spot. And the thing with the Cowboys too is they are they play in the worst division in football. I am a Giants fan and I can say that. I know the Giants are probably going to go 0-16 this year and lose to Andy Dalton once again. So I think that it's they're in a good position to get through the season and make the playoffs because the Giants aren't doing anything. Washington's not doing anything. And who knows about Philadelphia? They're not healthy right now. But even if they are, I still don't know what they're doing, honestly. So, I mean, Carson Wentz is just past his prime. So, yeah, Jalen Hurts, I want to see him play. But I think the Cowboys losing Dak is a huge deal. But I think they could be in much worse shape because they actually have a quarterback who is not a horrible quarterback. I've seen much worse quarterbacks out there, especially backups. So, Andy Allen can come in there. He's led the Bengals to a playoff appearance. He can do this. And, you know, you still got talent around him. You got Zeke. You got other guys who can play and are very good football players. So I think the Cowboys could be in much worse position. And they're going to make the playoffs because somebody has to from the division. So they're going to make it. What are, what are they two and three right now and they're leading the division finally it's just it's embarrassing but they're they're going to be the one to do it and they'll get through they'll probably get beat so horribly in the first round and then hopefully Dak heals very well and can come back next year just dropping so many bombs on this show I love it I, uh, I feel so strongly about like the New York Giants and like I honestly at this point want them to go 0-16 because they are so bad <laughs> so oh I feel very strong <laughs> <laughs> well uh we bri- you briefly touched on the the Washington football team uh Alex yes. Smith came back after um after a very long and uh, 
anticipated return, makes his first uh, completion in a while. So, you know, what does that speak to the testament of Alex Smith and uh, the Washington football team for giving him another chance? It's just incredible. And I mean, Washington, what do they have to lose to bring him, bring him up, bring him, bringing him on? I mean, if he's healthy and he wants to, I don't think Alex Smith is going to be somebody who's going to last years in the league anymore. I mean, I'd be terrified. His wife, oh my gosh, I thought she was going to just like, like crawl into a ball during that game because she was so nervous. I don't blame her. I'd be terrified if I were her, but I think it's just, Washington was just like, why not? Let's, let's let him do this. Let's let him live this out, make the comeback and just show that I can do this. And he did that. And it was remarkable. It was on Sunday. That's when I anchored my show and I had it in there. And I just, I had like the chill because I didn't get to watch it live, but I had the chills and I like got all teary. So I was just like, this is just so beautiful. The fact that nobody thought, honestly, I feel like that he was going to make this comeback. And I think it's, it's wild that Dak got injured that same literally hours later nobody thought honestly if he ever walk again that he can come back and it just shows that anyone can come back from any injury no matter how hard you try and if you actually want to and I think he wanted to more than anything that if he was allowed to walk he was going to get back on that football field and I couldn't be happier for him you know when we play them I want Alex Smith to run all over the Giants that's all I want and also, can the Washington O-line please protect him? Like, what, he got sacked six times? Come on, like, protect him, please. <laughs> like, that's that's how we got – that's how we arrived at this position in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> um, please, please protect the man. <laughs> uh, transitioning into college football. Um, you know, I had a very good first week of college football. I know that you didn't. Um, and that's fine because I'm a huge Tennessee Volunteers fan. But South Carolina absolutely handed it to Vanderbilt last weekend. I am here for it. I love anti-Vanderbilt slander. They have been trash-talking Tennessee since the 2010s. I am so here for it. You talk a little bit about why South Carolina was successful against a very bad Vanderbilt football team. I think that's just it. Vanderbilt was very injured and they're just already not a good football team. And South Carolina is just, they're still trying to figure things out. They got Mike Bobo, who's, you know, credit him. He's come in there and he's actually made the offense productive, which it hasn't been in a while, especially early in the games. So he came in there. I, okay. I'll be honest. I wasn't a big Colin Hill fan. Because I don't trust him. You've had three ACL injury injuries. That makes me a little nervous. Just but then he goes in there and he's able to complete. He has, what, like two rushing touchdowns, I think, already on the year. I know he has at least one. Um, I'm usually working on Saturday, so I don't get to fully watch the games. But he's surprised me. But it's helpful when you come in there and you know the offensive coordinator's playbook like the back of your head. So I think that is an advantage that – you come in there, it's a grad transfer who actually knows the playbook and knows what he's doing, but it's still, Colin Hill is not going to go on and be a super successful quarterback in the NFL. Like he's not destined for these huge things like we've seen other quarterbacks in years past. So I think just getting through the season at this point for South Carolina is the main thing, because honestly, I didn't realize how bad Vanderbilt was this year. So I, I was fully expecting a loss once again, 
So I was pleasantly surprised, but also having actually healthy receivers is huge for South Carolina. Shai Smith coming in there and actually being healthy. He is a huge playmaker, always is. And I think having him fully healthy, because he hasn't been fully healthy in years past, is going to be huge. And just, just I just hope they just win one more game. <laughs> well, um... one more win, and that'll be happy. Okay. Well, I will say that um, the SEC East is going to be tumultuous considering that Florida lost uh, this past weekend and, you know, Georgia's playing uh, big, bad empire Alabama this weekend. And I don't anticipate that even Nick Saban, who's got COVID, you know, I don't think that Alabama's going to lose. Like this is. I just want to know how he's because he can't just sit there and watch the game. No way. I just want to know what he's going to be doing. Like, is he going to be allowed to just call in from his couch? That's probably. Or is he just going to be? It's it's going to be interesting. But I still I still would pick Alabama. I mean, what Georgia was losing to Arkansas week one. Tennessee and Tennessee was leading uh, Georgia for a little bit there at the, at the first half. I was holding out. I was optimistic. Uh, and once again, Tennessee let me down, but that's just kind of, that's, that's, that's the price for uh, paying for a team. I still, have, I still have last year's upset of Georgia and I will carry that with me until the day I die. That was the best day of my entire life. Honestly, was, <laughs> Me getting back to the station after shooting college football in Duluth and it was snowing. So, and it was cold. My phone died. So I couldn't watch the game while I was shooting. And I came back and it was right at the end of regulation and I didn't do any of my work. I just sat there and freaked out the entire time. And luckily the game ended like right before I had to leave to go shoot another game. And I get to, I get to UMD women's hockey and I'm just like in tears <laughs> because <laughs> I still couldn't believe it. And it was just, it was the best day. I, I will always carry that with me. My, one of our anchors is a Georgia grad. So she was working on Sunday and I went in, in there on Sunday. It would not shut up. So. <laughs> but I will always have that. Well, speaking of UND, a lot of NHL signings have happened from UND in the past couple of days. Uh, I can, I, I mean, too many to count, starting with a lot of the Central Division. Uh, I know that the Predators signed a goaltender. I think the Wild and the Jets signed a forward. I know that uh, Joey Anderson from New Jersey is at, is in Toronto now. So what can you speak about uh, UMD's, uh, the hockey program there and the hockey culture and how they continually seem to produce NHL level talent? Well, I joked on my show on Sunday, actually, that the Winnipeg Jets are becoming the Duluth Jets because <laughs> they signed two former Duluth natives. They signed two former Duluth natives just this past weekend. And then they have, uh, Dylan Sandberg, who former UMD Bulldog and Hermantown native, which is right next to Duluth, is just finished, just decided to go pro. So he's going to be in their system this year. And then you have Neil Pionk, same thing, former UMD Bulldog, former Hermantown native, ties now with the Jets. So it literally is the Duluth Jets. And I think the Jets now have a huge following in northern Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> It's been really amazing. I mean, you understand 
you know, with, I went to South Carolina, it's not a big hockey place. And my friend, my good pal, Justin Bradford, doing a great job of growing hockey, especially to be involved with Gamecock hockey was great, but I had no idea what I was getting myself in for when I came to Duluth two, two plus years ago. And when I first came here, it was right after UMD won the 2018 national championship. So there was such a buzz and it was their first one since 2010. And it was also the year that Maddie Rooney, the UMD women's goaltender had just literally led team USA to an Olympic gold medal in February. So there was just such a hockey buzz around here. And it was so cool. And I was just so excited to kind of get to cover these athletes and be part of it. And then the day that UMD raised the banner for 2018, I got to go and I was with my boss and got to just be there. And it was completely packed. Every single seat was filled. The upper bowl had fans and it was so loud. It was like an SEC football game, honestly. It's it's that kind of excitement that I can compare it to. And people live, breathe and die for hockey here, especially UMD fans here. They, they love it. It is, they will go every single weekend Last year, Thanksgiving weekend, UMD was playing Minnesota State Mankato, who was having a very good regular season last year, and we had a blizzard. It snowed 23 inches, I think, and you couldn't see while driving. It was awful. All of my high school games were canceled. The only thing still happening was UMD versus (laughs) Mankato game. Claudia, I, uh, my internet is a little bit unstable right now. So, some- so if I don't hear you, my apologies. I, uh, I'm trying to get it back a little bit. My, uh, my Wi-Fi is uh, the Wi-Fi and I- is horrible. I had to go. There- okay. Hello. Some re- okay. And we're still recording. How about that? Okay. Cool. Perfect. Okay. Bye. I was just like, do I continue? Do, do I, I keep talking or what? So no, you're, you're I was going- like, do I keep talking or what? So <laughs> my my apologies. Um I uh I, I hate that that just happened. We've had weird uh, I'm just lucky that I've been able to submit my school assignments, let alone do fantastic interviews with fantastic people. So, um, well, let me uh, let, let me throw so, some more questions at you real quick. Um, a little bit about college football. Uh, one thing that you have been really active in this fall with has been uh, high school football. And covering high school sports in general has been a weird challenge, especially amidst uh, the current times and all that. So how has covering high school sports been different compared to other seasons? Well, it's been weird. I mean, so last last week was the opener for Minnesota football because originally they were going to play. They moved it to the spring and then everyone freaked out and they voted to bring it back to the fall. So last week was the opener and it's, October in Minnesota, and it was 70 degrees, 75, mid-afternoon game, and I was able to just wear like a short sleeve shirt and no jacket, but I had to wear my mask, and it was hot, and in football, you're running back and forth along the side 
sidelines. So you're already kind of warm from just running back and forth, but then the mask sweat just all over. And I was just like, oh, this is disgusting. <laughs> and my friends and I, we'd be, we'd be on the sidelines just kind of going like this, just to like get air through because it's, it's a challenge just, mm-hmm. and I te- was texting my friends who've been covering Texas high school football all fall. And I'm like, how do you do this? And they're like, yeah, it's, it's hard. So that definitely was a challenge was kind of getting used to that in a sense of you don't think it's going to be a big deal. And I mean, I was covering cross country section meets earlier on my uh, work days earlier this week. And it was nice because it was cold and my mask added like extra heat. So that was nice. <laughs> so it's kind of a mix, but also on that note, so we don't have a state tournament this year, but we do have section meets. So the teams and athletes can try to win a section title. So this week we had cross country section meet and it was weird because it was split up into heats. So there were four teams in each heat and there were six heats. So for the boys side, this athlete I've covered for a few years, he is like a two-time state champion. Like he is the best runner in our area by a long shot. So he was in that first heat and it was weird because we couldn't even really celebrate that he won. So we crossed the finish line first, but we couldn't say he's the section champ. We had to wait seven hours until the last heat ended to officially say he won because it was kind of, it was like seated mm-hmm. by the fastest teams, but still weird things could happen. There could be a kid at a random school who just is incredible, has this great run and beats him. And it, it's four hours after Gino ran his race. I mean, it was fine. He won, he still was the winner and he took home his fourth straight section title, but it was just so different because there was no crowd and there wasn't the hundreds of athletes all running together. And it was just, that was really strange for me was the fact that I was just like, oh, this is so weird. And then I was covering the text tennis section final on Tuesday and they didn't have like, you know, normally they call each athlete up and give them their medal, the losers and the winners. And they didn't even do that. The coach was just handing each one of his players, the medals. And the girls were like, but wait, we want to, we want them to watch because we've had to watch them win every year and we want them to watch us win. And it was just so weird, that little difference. So it's definitely been different. I'm so thankful that we have high school sports. When I go in, we don't have rosters anymore. So then I'm trying to chase down athletes' names and they have to take my temperature. And sometimes I'm running around and I'm like, oh no, what if I'm accidentally like hot just because I've been running back and forth all day? Uh, but no, I haven't had a problem and no one's been rude. I've been nervous, especially with volleyball that they would tell me I have to go stand somewhere else, but everything so far has worked out really well. It's kind of nice because there's no fans at most of these games, especially indoor sports. So I don't really have to be around anyone. I can just be like in my little corner, get what I need and head out. Uh, volleyball, the players have to wear masks while they're playing, which I can't imagine that being easy so it's definitely been different but I'm so thankful that we have sports getting having to watch the athletes lose their seasons in the spring was so difficult I mean for me it's hard because this is my job but I was at the state girls basketball tournament covering the semifinals our team advanced to the final or advanced to the semifinals they had won the quarterfinal match the morning of their semifinal game, they canceled the rest of the state tournament. So this team didn't even get a chance to 
compete for the state title and they were a great team. They would have been in the state title game. They would have either won or been the runner up. And these are girls who were seniors that I had covered for the past few years since I got here and they're going division two and they're going to, they're actually playing over at UMD for basketball. So they still have their careers, but some of these kids, like it just ended for them in the state tournament or in the section tournament for boys basketball. And then the spring sports obviously didn't get anything. And it was just, it was just heartbreaking to see how sad they were and understanding how much bigger things are. But some of these kids, this is all they work for. They work their entire lives for this. They work their entire lives to play a season so they can get a scholarship for college. And just seeing them not get that opportunity because of something that wasn't their fault was just so hard. So I'm just so happy that they get the chance to play right now. And every single one I've talked to is like, we know it can end like that. So we're just enjoying it. Like we're fine that there's no state tournament. We just want to play. So it's been difficult. It's brought in new challenges for us, but as long as I'm out there and the kids are out there, it's, it's fun. Well, I will say that as a student athlete in college, uh, not being able to cover sports has definitely put me out of my element. And um, I just can't wait till we can finally all get back to competing the way that we want to compete. Claudia, uh, I don't want to lose you again, so I'm gonna I'm gonna cut it short right here. And may I just personally extend an offer to come down to SEC Hockey Weekend here in Nashville, so you can cover some uh, South Carolina hockey games. I think that that would be awesome to have you at. Uh, I, love, I tell Justin every year, I'm like, if I wasn't covering section finals for high school hockey and UMD having some kind of tournament or something, I would love to be there because I got to go. I got to go to the SEC hockey tournament two years in college. I was supposed to go a third year, but I had the flu actually the weekend of the tournament. And it was just the, the, such a fun experience. And I, I think it would be fun to see the difference of SEC hockey versus the division one that I've been able to see these past few years. Yeah. Well, Claudia, thank you so much for coming on. I'm terribly sorry about the technical difficulties, but it has been such a, such a pleasure, such a pleasure. And we will, uh, we will look forward to having you thank back. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. We'll be looking forward to having you back here on the show if you're willing. So um, that's, all the time. that's all the time we have for now. But everybody, have a good week and stay safe.